So with that in mind, open your Bibles in the book of Mark, please, and uh, Mark chapter 12. And what I'd like to do is um, minister to your needs afterwards, and I believe that you can expect God for healing, especially healing, but you know the biggest healing is salvation, restoration to the Lord, so we'll pray that prayer also in the end and encourage you to get right with God, and, um, and also the wonderful encounter and power of the Holy Spirit. That God will touch you in a mighty, mighty way. So the book of Mark, we read there from uh, in chapter 12, Mark chapter 12, and we read verse 28. And the Bible says, And one of the scribes came, and having heard them reasoning together and perceiving that he, Jesus, had answered them well, asked him, what is the first commandment of all? The first commandment is the old King James way of saying, the chiefest commandment, the greatest commandment, the top commandment, first on the list and the top. And Jesus answered him and said, the first of all the commandments, the chief of all commandments, the top commandment of them all, is here, O Israel, The Lord our God is one Lord, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy mind, and with all thy strength. This is the first, the top, the main commandment. And the second is like, namely this, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. There is none other commandment greater than these. And the scribe said unto him, Well, Master, thou hast said the truth, for there is one God, and there is none other but he. And to love him with all the heart and all the understanding and all the soul and with all the strength, and to love his neighbor as himself is more than all the whole burnt offerings and sacrifices. Then Jesus saw that he answered discreetly, and he said to him, Thou art not far from the kingdom of God. Now, Father, we pray in the mighty name of Jesus that you anoint this service. God, the anointing is already on the service. The Holy Spirit is already having his way. And I ask you, Lord, that you will move in our midst in a mighty way. God, we don't have to wait till the end, till we receive our healing or our salvation we can receive it right now, or a touch from heaven. Like on the day of Acts chapter 10, when Peter was preaching to the Gentiles for the first time, and Cornelius, who had that whole story, and the Bible says, while he yet spake, the Holy Spirit fell upon all that were in the house. Lord, your Spirit falls even while we're speaking. You don't wait for us to end. You don't even wait for us to begin. Your spirit falls. And I ask you, Lord, that somebody will feel Jesus here today. Somebody will experience the power of the Holy Spirit. In fact, won't you just put your hand on your chest and say, Lord, let me experience you today. I receive, Lord. Fill me today, Lord, with the Holy Spirit. Fill me with your love. Go ahead and put your hand on your own head, if you will. And Lord, say, from the top of my head to the soles of my feet, I receive from you today. I receive in the mighty name of Jesus. Say it out loud. Say, Lord, I receive in the mighty name of Jesus. I receive all that you have for me, Lord. Hold nothing back, Lord. I receive it in the mighty name of Jesus. Now go ahead and give the Lord a good hand of praise, somebody. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. So today, my friends, love is a person. And that person is basically God. When I made my message title, I put love is a person, and I put there Jesus. Then I thought, well, what about love is a person, the Father. Then I'm like, well, maybe change that to love is a person, the Holy Spirit. Well, love is a person, and God is a person. 
Uh, so love is a person and it's God. There's a song that they sing, love is a name, Jesus. You spell love, J-E-S-U-S. Amen. You spell love, H-O-L-R-Y, <laughs> Holy Spirit. You spell love, F-A-T-H-E-R, Father, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Thank God for the Holy Spirit. Thank God for what He has done and what He has wrought. And my friends, let me tell you, when we think of what is most important, recently, not, you know, I met with somebody, and uh, not a very nice person, but from the get-go, it was, uh, it was uh, all, all about the argument of predestination and eternal security. And I told him, I don't, can't even wrap my mind around some of these concepts. I've studied it, and I don't really know what the answer is. to. There's a lot of holes on both sides, you know, all of that. But what I can say is, I stay with the bottom line, and that is serve God, love God, get right with God, stay right with God, tell people about Jesus, get them filled with the Holy Spirit, keep them before the Lord, and let the whole world know that He is Lord. The chief commandment is not, thou shalt hear, O Israel, thou shalt have thy doctrine 100% right. Amen. And we should, imp doctrine is important, but you know what's more important in the sense, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and all thy soul and all thy mind and all thy strength. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God and your neighbor as yourself. My brothers and sisters, let me tell you, one day when we stand before God, he's not going to ask us, did you have all your doctrine right? Amen. And like I said, doctrine is very important. But let me tell you, there's some things you don't have to have everything see eye to eye. Can somebody say amen? I mean, uh, if you start telling me that Jesus is not the only way, you and I am going to have a problem on that subject. Amen. Uh, if you say that, um, that uh, you know, that Jesus was, was an angel just an angel or a prophet, just a prophet, we're going to have a problem with that because Jesus is Jehovah incarnate. He's the Son of God. He's the Word made flesh. And you can't go wrong. You, you cannot be wrong on Jesus because Jesus said, if you don't believe that I am, thou, you will die in your sins. Who is the great I am? Moses said to the one in the burning bush, what is thy name? And he said, I am that I am. And thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, I am has sent me to you. If you, and Jesus said, if you don't believe that I am, thou shalt die in thy sins. My friends, I don't want to be wrong on Jesus. He's my Lord and my Savior. You know, I read the Bible, but I don't read it primarily to get a sermon out of it. I very rarely read the Bible to get a sermon out of it. I do a lot of research and study, but let me tell you, one of my precious moments in the morning is when I open my Bible. Some of us read it from Genesis to Revelation, which I've done. But these last few months, I'm basically just like, open it, and whatever it falls out, I'm going to read that chapter. Amen. And, and you can do it like, there's different ways, but that's just where I'm at in this little season, and it will probably change. This morning I opened in John 20. And I read about uh, uh, Jesus after his, after his death and resurrection. He appeared unto the disciples after, and the, the doors were locked. But he, show, he showed himself alive and said, peace to you. And Thomas said to him, uh, well, Thomas wasn't there. And then he said, if I don't put my, when he heard about this, if I don't put my finger in his, the nails, nail prints in his hands, and my hand into the side that was pierced. I will not believe. It's almost like he's adamant. I will not believe. But hallelujah, it happened. They stood there a few days later, all behind locked doors. Before Jesus' body was glorified, you could keep him from, from entering with a, from, with a locked door, perhaps. 
the one who walks on water. Amen? But after his resurrection, he walked, I don't know if he walked through the door or through the wall, but suddenly he was right there. And he wasn't a spirit. He wasn't a ghost because he said, feel my hands. They are flesh and uh, bones. And uh, a ghost, a, a spirit does not have flesh and bones. So his physical glorified body stood there, right there in the place where they had locked the doors. And he said to them again, peace be unto you. It's basically he was saying shalom. That's what they would have said in Aramaic or Hebrew. Shalom. And uh, then he looked at that one that was hiding behind Peter. And said, Thomas, I see you. You can't hide. Come here, buddy. And he said to him, bring here thy finger. Put it in my hands. Bring me your hand. Put it into my side. The Bible doesn't tell us if he actually did that. But one thing he did say is he said, My Lord and my G-O-D, God. He had a revelation. He was one of the first apostles. I don't call him Thomas the Doubter anymore. Everybody likes to say the Doubting Thomas. Yes, he was a Doubter. But he got converted and filled with a, a, a conviction that Jesus was Lord and God. He was one of the first to say, my Lord and my God, hallelujah, setting the tone for the understanding of the deity of Jesus Christ. Can we give the Lord a hand of praise? Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. And uh, Jesus said, Thomas, you believe because you have seen? Then he said, blessed is he that has not seen, yet believes. Most of us here, maybe all of us, have not seen the Lord. I would love to see him, but I have not. But my friends, one, but the Bible says, blessed is he who has not seen, yet believes. No wonder the Bible says, him who you have not seen, yet love. Somebody say love. Amen. <laughs> him who you've not seen, yet love. Oh, that song says, oh, I want to see him. Look upon his face. I forget how the long, the rest of the song goes. But oh, I want to see him. I want to look in his face. There can't be anything greater to close your eyes in death and to open it up. And absent from the body, you'll be present with the Lord and be right there in his glorious presence. Thank you, Jesus. Man, I'm preaching myself hot already. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Bless the name of Jesus. Not seen, yet love. Love is a person, and his name is Jesus. Love is a person, and he is God. We just read in Mark chapter 12, and I think my brother, by the way, beautiful job up here, uh, also read, I think it's the same translation, it's the Passion's translation. So I looked at that this, mo this morning, and what we just read goes like this in the Passion translation. Um, and it says, Jesus answered him, the most important of all the commandments is this, the Lord Yahweh is our Lord, our God is one. You are to love the Lord Yahweh, your God, with every passion of your heart. With all the energy of your being, with every thought that is within you, and with all your strength. And this is the great and supreme commandment. Oh, give the Lord another praise this morning. In fact, won't you just confess this after me? Say, Lord, let me hear you. Uh, I love you with every passion of my heart. With all the energy of my being, with every thought that is within me, and with all my strength. Do you believe that today? I feel the anointing of the Holy Ghost on that word today. Hear, O Israel, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and all thy soul and all thy mind and all thy strength. Hallelujah. And I believe that today God is going to touch you with a special touch of his love. And you will know that you know that you know that God loves you. Praise God. God loves you. 
Brothers and sisters, we all go through seasons. Amen? I remember my uncle. He was a preacher, a Holy Ghost-filled Pentecostal preacher. And, and you know, he was a stutterer when he was a, a, a child, since the age of four when he had meningitis, all his life. And long story made short, he got baptized with the Holy Ghost, and God delivered him from his stutter when he preachers. In normal life, he would still, you know, be, be, uh, be stuttering, but every time he got behind the mic, his mouth would be unlocked, and he preached. But I remember one time he said that God laid on his heart to preach about the peace of God. Now, Uncle John, he was a real fireball. And he told God, the peace of God, that's like the last thing in the world he wants to preach on. He wants to preach on the fire. He wants to preach on the, uh, the, the, the power. He wants to preach on hell, fire, and brimstone. Not peace. Not peace. Amen. But how many of you know uh, peace is important? Amen. Peace is important, especially if you're married with kids. How many of you know fathers? Sometimes you just want to go. And sit down and not be bothered by nobody. <laughs> Amen. And it's peace. Praise the Lord. And I, I'm, I'm kind of saying that tongue-in-cheek and, uh, because I love my kids. They keep me busy. And I, I just love being with them and hearing the chatter. My, my, my oldest son will, uh, is working. My, my daughter is still in college. And we have Timothy and Trey left. And Timothy is going to... To, um, to college in, in, uh, in the fall, and then we'll just have tray left. I'm thinking, my goodness, this is going to be a, a, a very quiet house. Amen. We'll have to turn on Andy Griffith real loud to just give some atmosphere to the house. <laughs> but, but, but my friends, what I'm saying is the love of God, the peace of God, and the more you serve Him, the more God starts giving certain he reveals himself to you. I didn't used to preach on the love of God as much, uh, although I did. But the season that I'm in right now, I just want to, people to know the love of God. I tell you, I have come in his love, and you are in his presence. And it feels like, I'm not talking about emotionalism, but we are emotional beings too, Amen. But the emotion would well up on the inside of me and gush forth with tears and laughter and everything put together. And the, it feels like my whole being would be enveloped with a presence. And I would think in that moment, I can't imagine not living without, without this forever. I, I tell you, hell must must not be the flames as much as it is that you're that you separated from the love of God. Oh, once you've been touched by God, once you've been touched by God, my brothers and sisters, God loves you so much, and you love God so much. Your spirit man cries to God. Deep calls to deep. Your heart cries David says, my heart and my flesh cries to God, to the living God. And then he hypothetically uh, says, when will I come to appear before God? When? Like he can't wait. It's like, Daddy, are we there yet? In the same way, God, are we? When will I come and feel that presence one more time? It's not like that every time I pray. Sometimes it's just kind of just normal. But those moments... Those moments when the presencia de Dios, get some Spanish out, get some, some, uh, some, uh, some spice on my message here today. That presencia de Dios, the presence of God, when that comes upon you in a, such a way, the, the love that overwhelms you and your, the Holy Spirit has shed, shed abroad His love in your heart. There's nothing like that. And I want you to know that you're not alone because our Almighty God feels the same. He's always loved you. But if you, a little boy asked Jesus, he said, Lord, how much do you love me? And he, 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 he opened his arms this way. And he said, and then he died. That's how much he loved you. If you ever wonder how much God loves you, look at the cross. Look at how he, 
His hands were nailed upon that cross. Oh, I just want to stand here by you and just look at it a little time. Every drop of blood, that redness, every drop of blood screams, I love you. I love you. My friends, I said that this last night. I said, if it was up to me, I'll just start all over again. But not so with God. When he made Adam and Eve, and Adam ran from God and hid from God after he ate of the fruit uh, of good and evil, knowledge of good and evil, the forbidden fruit, he, when he hid himself and God came, he said, Adam, where are you? Adam, where are you? My brothers and my sisters, God is calling and he says, Adam, where are you? Eve, where are you? I love you so much. I cannot, God cannot imagine living without you. Because that's why he paid the greatest price. Then you would say, well, if that's true, why doesn't he just let everybody be saved? Let me tell you, God is a God of mercy and judgment. He's a God of righteousness and grace. Those are two parts of his, of his ontology. That's two parts of who he is, what he's made up. He cannot compromise the one for the other. The Bible says the soul that sinneth, it shall die. And, and my friends all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And the wages of sin is death. But my friends, God is a very wonderful, loving God. And therefore, he, let me just imagine... God in heaven, and the Word became flesh, and you know, God was still God, the Father in heaven, but when He became flesh, He dwelt amongst us, and He looked at your sin, and you know, everyone were guilty before a righteous and holy God, but then He, he, he that had not committed a single sin, imagine that, not a single sin, not one time did He think us a thought or say a word that was that was evil or inappropriate he was totally completely holy and blameless and spotless and pure the pure son of god the lamb of god with not a single stain and when he came to this earth he willingly hung on the cross Nobody made him go there. It's why he came. He put his hands out for them to crucify. Nobody forced his hands on the cross. He put them there. And they nailed him. And the pure blood flowed. The blood that knew no sin flowed from, from, that, from his body and dripped to the, to the earth and trickled down the cross. And when he did that... The Bible says at some point, Jesus prayed and he quoted Psalms 22 and he said, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? The humanity was calling to deity and saying, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? He was fulfilling Psalms 22 and he was also declaring that God had forsook him in this sense, namely, he is, he is of purer eyes, Job said, of purer eyes than to behold evil. God is of purer eyes than to behold evil. And when he looked at the pure, spotless Lamb of God hanging on that cross, at that moment, the sin of the world came upon him. Just like in the Old Testament when they transferred the sin of Israel once a year onto the Passover lamb from where we get the word Passover. And the lamb went into the wilderness and they spat on him and whipped him and so forth. And he finally atoned for the sin of man, of Israel for one year until the next year came. All of those were prophecies of John 1 verse 29 when, Paul, when uh, John said, the, the, the baptizer, he said, Behold the Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world. Not only Israel's sins, but the sin of the world. Come on somebody. And not every year, because it's them 
temporal and prophetic of him who was to come. But Jesus was the fulfillment of the law. He fulfilled that law. He fulfilled the types and 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 the prophetic imagery he fulfilled it all and when he hung upon that cross he who knew no sin became sin for us that's what the bible says he who knew no sin became sin for us and at that moment he was of purer eyes than to behold evil and God turned his head from his only begotten son and the son cried my God my God why hast thou forsaken me because he took upon himself every sin of the world and when he died upon that cross when he hung upon that cross and died he paid the penalty of every one of us that have sinned in this world and all have sinned and come short of the glory of God and there he hung he who knew no sin became sin for us and he took upon us not only the sin but the penalty of our sin oh bless God and he died and then after three days he rose again and he says I am Alpha and Omega because I, 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 die, I, I was dead but I liveth forevermore bless the name of Jesus he rose from the dead and the payment for sin has been dealt with and therefore the Bible says that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth on him shall not perish but have everlasting life give the Lord some praise today God does not want you to perish he wants you to have eternal life but there's the thing God so loved the world and all that that whosoever believes in him you gotta believe in him Belief is not a good work. It's like somebody gives you a present. And all you have to do is receive it. I mean, that's not a good work. You got the free gift. You just open it. And if you're like me, I tell you what. When Heidi gets a present, she takes the, the cello tape and takes it off on this side and a little bit on this side. And then she takes the other part and opens it takes the box this way and folds it nicely for the next people we're going to give a present to. <laughs> Me, on the other hand, I'm like, <laughs> what's in there? <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Come on, somebody. Well, that is how it is with us and God. All we have to do is open our hearts. Well, I don't want to preach too long, <laughs> but I want to just, clo- uh, you know, say a couple of things before we close. So, number one, the love of the Father. John 3.16, John 3.16, Jonathan, forgive me, my brother, for, for sharing what you told me last night. I mean, you look so free. God's healed you of your dad's death at, uh, in November. You know, he lost his baby sister last year, then his father. And tell your mom, we, I've, I've been thinking of her all night, morning long. Amen. But, you know, he said they had Thanksgiving dinner last year. And after Thanksgiving dinner... Before they left, he gave his dad a hug like he always did. And he said that he always did this since he was a little kid. He put his ear on his dad's heart and he heard the heartbeat. And he says, since he was a little kid, when you were grown up, you still did that. And he said, I love you, dad. And he said, I love you too. And I'll see you. And uh, about an hour later, right, he was with the Lord, you know, um, and uh, had a, some, you know, so he was, was with the Lord. He died. And he put his head back and he died and he's with the Lord. And when you told me that story, I was so touched because I know there's a father and his name is Yahweh. Hallelujah. He's, he's, there's a father and his heart beats with love. And if you could put your ear upon his heart, you could just hear love, love, love. And every drop of blood that came from the veins of Jesus was saying love, love, love. It was the love of the Father. Uh, Number two, the love of the Son. I've already basically preached about this, but John 15 verse 13 says, Greater love has no man than this. Then he laid down his life for his friends. 
Isn't that wonderful? Greater love has no man than this. Then he laid his life down for his friends. And Paul says, for a good man shall one scarcely die. You know? So you, you might still die, but you know, have to think about it a few times and see if this is really worth it. You'd scarcely die. So Paul said, for a, for a, for a good man, you will scarcely die. But God shows his love to us that Christ died for us while we were yet sinners. <laughs> Woo, hallelujah. What a wonderful Savior we have. Died for us while we were yet sinners. While we were yet sinners. Hallelujah. And uh, 1 John 4 verse 9 to 11. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that he, we may live through him. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us. And sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. I end here by the love of the Spirit. The love of the Father, the love of the Son, the love of the Spirit. Romans 5 verse 5 says, Now hope does not disappoint, because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. The love of God was poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. That's why I cannot, I, I cannot compromise the Holy Spirit. Thank God for the Holy Spirit. How many of you are glad for the Holy Spirit? You know, I, 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 I was so disappointed this morning. I, I actually, there's like a website where sometimes you, you get a quick answer to a, to a theological question. I won't say what website. I've actually been very, you know, blessed. They're more reformed. That's fine. We're all part of the, the body. But, but, but the, the, the heading is, what is the love of God? Because it's hard to define love. Um, but what is the love of God? And I read there, and instead of it being, you know, something I could have received from, I, I guess I could still receive, but the whole article was focused more upon how it's impossible to love the Lord with all your heart and so forth, and, and your soul and strength and so forth, all day, every day, uh, and, and that this one verse is the, um, the, uh, the main thing, that, uh, forget the exact words, the main thing why it shows how depraved, depraved man is. And everything is, they, I read there is probably correct because we do need the Holy Spirit to, to, to quicken our hearts, to love the Lord with, and so forth. But that did not answer the, answer the question, what is the love of God? I was hoping I'd see something about the love of God, not a doct doctrinal dissertation of some viewpoint that misses the whole big picture about the love of God. But I can tell you this thing. The Holy Spirit is real. And the love of God is shed abroad in your heart. By the Holy Spirit. That's why when we worship, we must worship by the Spirit. We must worship by the Spirit. We've got to worship by the Spirit. Um, yesterday I studied about the Samaritans. You know, the Samaritans. Very interesting history. Uh, the Samaritans are half Jew and half something else. Not even uh, Jew, half Israelite. And they were from the northern kingdoms and they intermarried with the Assyrians, I think. And so the Samaritans, so the Jews and the Samaritans, they didn't have much to do with each other. Uh, they would, um, you know, just have no relations. But who did Jesus reach out to? The Samaritan woman at the well. In his parables, he would talk about the Samaritan that helped the man when the Levite walked by, but they helped the, you know, that's where we get the word of the good Samaritan and so forth. And in the book of Acts, we read about Philip preaching among the Samaritans. And there was great joy in the city. And uh, somewhere in the 1600s or so, there was, a, there was still 1.5 million Samaritans left. And they were total, they, they Israel, but they, they, they totaled different 
they actually moved in the north, and instead of Mount Zion being the center of worship, it was Mount Sechem, Sechem because I think it was uh, whatever the king's name was, he wanted to keep a, a clear break from the southern kingdom politically, so they put up a, a place of worship, Shechem, in the north versus Mount Zion in the south. Um, and, and that was their center of worship. Until this day, they still sacrifice, um, uh, uh, just like in the, in the Torah, just they sacrifice everything. They got their priestly garbs on uh, and all of that. And, uh, and the numbers have dwindled. A, a, a large amount of them have became Christian as when, in Jesus' time when, and in Philip's time when he preached to them. Many of them were forced into Islam later on. Many of them were killed by persecution. And in the 1600s, there was 1.5 million of them left. But now it's about 800 and just 856. It's like four families, uh, you know, and, uh, and, and they trace their heritage back to Aaron, the priest, and, and so forth, you know, and, and so on. But I close with this. When Jesus was with a woman at the well, she was like, Lord... You say that Jerusalem should be the place one ought to worship, but we worship in our mountain. So which one is going to be right, Mount Shechem or Mount Zion in the south, where Jerusalem is today? Uh, which one is right? Is it, uh, is it, the, um, is it the, uh, the Baptists or the Mennonites? <laughs> is it the Presbyterians? Or the Pentecostals? Is it the this or the that? Do you know what Jesus said? Jesus said that the time is coming, John 4 verse 24. The time is coming when you will neither worship God in your mountain nor here at Jerusalem. For God is a spirit. And those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Oh, my friends, that's where it's at. That's where it's at. That's where it's all at. Worship him in spirit and in truth. Some people get so excited. Oh, we got, you know, we, they, they have the red heifer founded in Sweden or Norway. And, and we're going to rebuild the temple and all that. And as if there's some spiritual application to that. Well, I don't know about all that, but I can tell you this, that Jesus said, you will not worship the Father in Jerusalem and Mount Shechem. You will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. It's all about the spiritual kingdom. Of course, his kingdom will take over the kingdoms of this world and all the kingdoms will be our God and of his Christ's. But the main thing is there's a, there's a king called Jesus and he's the king of his kingdom and his kingdom is not meat or drink but righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Ghost, he said. Hallelujah. And the kingdom is not there or here but the kingdom of God is within you. The kingdom of God is among you. It's a supernatural kingdom with a supernatural king and a supernatural love and that love is shed abroad in your heart by the Holy Spirit. And today, Lord, we ask that the love of God will be shed abroad in our heart by the Holy Spirit. So in this place today, I want to ask, is there anybody that has not yet accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior? If you want to do that today, I want to ask you, please, don't let a moment go by without you getting the assurance that you've accepted Christ. And I'm going to lead you in a prayer like that. Secondly, maybe you are saved, but you've been running from God. You, you've run away from your father's house. But you want to come back to your father's house today, your heavenly father, like the prodigal son. I want to pray for you to come back home today. And then thirdly, perhaps you have sin in your life. You're not a full-blown backslider. But there's certain sins that you cannot get victory of. And then after that, we'll pray for the love of God and the power of God to be shed abroad upon you and in your heart. But today, 
let's just close our eyes. And if, if any of you, I want everybody to please audibly pray this prayer after me. I know most of you have accepted the Lord. But when you pray like this, it will help others who have not yet done it so they don't feel alone. Amen. So everybody, I'll cover all three things in one prayer. Everybody's, and, and, and the other thing is when you pray this, it will remind you of what you did when you accepted the Lord. It will also help you to know what to share with others. It doesn't have to be a long prayer, but mine will be longer. Longer than, you know, five. It will be more like 20 lines but than five. But let's just pray. Say, dear God, I am a sinner. I cannot save myself. I need a Savior. And His name is Jesus. Today, Lord, I ask Jesus to come and wash my sins away with your precious blood. Cleanse me and make me brand new. Wash my sins away. Let the old things pass away. Let all things become new. For he who is in Christ is a new creature. The old things have passed away. All things have become new. Today I confess with my mouth and I believe in my heart that Jesus died for me on the cross and Jesus rose from the dead. And your word says, whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So I call upon the name of the Lord by saying and believing what I'm saying Jesus is my Lord I call upon the name of the Lord and I'm saved I repent of my sins and you forgive me of my sin and you give me a fresh new start I can say beyond a shadow of a doubt because your word is true I'm saved I'm forgiven. I'm washed in the blood. I'm on my way to heaven. Now say, Lord, if I'm a backslider, I'm coming home today. I'm coming back to my father's house. And you clothe me and you accept me. And you wash me with your love. And Lord, if I have sin in my life, I confess that sin. For you are faithful and just to forgive me of my sin. And to cleanse me of all unrighteousness. Thank you, Lord, that you wash me now. I'm washed. I'm clean. I'm forgiven. And you give me the strength to keep on going and serve the Lord. In Jesus' name. Oh, just raise your hands and thank him a little bit. Oh, we love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. <laughs> we love you, Jesus. Oh, we love you, God. We love you, God. Hallelujah. Now, what I want to ask you is, will you please stand with me? And we're going to ask that God will pour his love on you. Pour his love in your heart. Pour his love in your heart. I mean, he loves you even when it doesn't feel like it. Have you ever felt that, where is God's love? But it's not feeling it's always, it's always there. The love of God is always there. Sometimes you feel and sometimes you don't. But it's wonderful when you do feel. So today, let's ask God, as you raise your hands to the Lord, fill us, Lord. Fill us with your love in the name of Jesus. Oh, God, I want to pray for those who have their hands raised and more than that, their hearts raised. I pray that the love of God will be shed abroad in their heart right now. I pray, Lord, we're not big into emotionalism or anything, but Lord, we pray that their very emotions will experience your love. Oh, God, right now fill our emotions with the love of God. Oh, let our very bodies be filled with the love of God. Let our souls be filled with the love of God. We know you love us. 
But Holy Spirit, make that love real. Oh, my friends, right now, I want you to just imagine like a, in, your, in your chest a, a beautiful living water, clear water bubbling. It's the love of God on the inside of you. And that, lo- that water flows through your mouth and comes forth in love language. Love language. Love language. My grandmother had a stroke many years ago. She's with the Lord. My sister was really sorry about something. That she was crying. My mo- grandmother couldn't speak. But she came to my sister's room. And she touched her with her, with her left hand, hand that worked. The right couldn't work, didn't work. And patted her. Couldn't speak. But with, with little loving mumblings and groanings, she tenderly told her, it's okay. With her own way, just the mumblings, she couldn't speak, the mumblings, the groanings came out of her soul just telling her, you're okay. And my sister remembers that from this day, till this day. Oh, my friends, let me tell you right now, I want you to just let those groanings come forth out of your mouth. Jesus said in John 7:37 that he that believeth on me, he said that rivers of living water shall flow out of his innermost being. That's rivers of love filled with the Spirit. So let's do that one more time. I don't want you to keep your hands up all the time. I know you get tired, but won't you do it again? And you can take it down a few, you know, a few seconds from now. But everybody, please raise your hands and just say, Lord, let your love flow from me. And, and let it flow. Just tell God how you love him. You can tell him in tongues. You can tell him in English. You can tell him in Spanish. But let, those, let the love flow from you right now. The love of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Oh, for the next 20 seconds, let nothing happen but love flow from your heart towards God. After 30, 20 seconds, we're going to move on. But just right now, let that love flow. Oh, God, you want. Few more seconds. Don't waste these few precious seconds. Let the love flow. <laughs> Ooh, thank you. God, we love you. I love you, Lord, and I lift my voice. To worship you, O my soul, rejoice. Take joy, my King, in what you hear. Let it be a sweet, sweet sound. In your ear, I love you, and I lift my hands, and I lift my hands to worship any time I can, any time I can. Take joy in what you see. Take joy, my King, in what? Let it be a sweet sacrifice unto thee. Let it be a sweet sacrifice unto thee. I exalt you. I exalt you. I ex- 
exalt you, O Lord. I exalt you. I exalt you. I exalt you. For thou, O Lord, art high above all the earth. Thou art exalted far above all gods. For thou, O Lord, art high above all the earth. Thou art exalted far above all gods. So I exalt you. Don't you feel his love? Don't you feel his love? And that same God who shed abroad his love and peace and power on you right now is also the God who can heal and will heal your body. Do you have any pain, any sickness, any disease, anything? We're just going to flow with the Spirit here, but I want you just, for starters, put your hand on your own body where your sickness is, your pain. Wherever it may be, your back, if it's, if it's more than one place, maybe just put your hand on your head. And Lord, I thank you for the anointing of healing right now. Healing in the name of Jesus. Oh, the Holy Spirit has just touched somebody and you felt something go right through you. Well, I felt it. Somebody, something just went right through you. It's the Holy Spirit power in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, just keep your hand on that part of your body or on your head and, and rivers of living water is flowing through you. In a moment, we're going to ask you to just test yourself and see how it's better. In the name of Jesus. Father, right now, we take authority over every sickness and every disease in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. We command that sickness and disease to be removed from your body right now. In the name of Jesus. For God's word says, by his stripes you are healed. God's word says, I am the Lord that healeth thee, in Jesus' name. And if you see somebody next to you, just put your hand on them, (coughs) if it's appropriate, and just pray for them. Just touch them right now. And let the Holy Spirit just flow through you to them. Just touch your neighbor, it's appropriate. And let the Holy Spirit flow through you into them. Excuse me, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of our God. There is a spirit whose power heals the people of God. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Oh, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want you to become aware your body is definitely better now. You know, I I know God can instantly heal your body 100% and He does that. But some of you, there will be a betterment. 
like maybe 10% better, 90% better. And I want you to acknowledge that. And you give Him praise for the gradual healing right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, let there be full, complete healing over everyone today. And I pray that you'll start even now, Lord, gradually let the power of God heal and set free and deliver. In the mighty name of Jesus. And the saints of God say amen. Amen. So what I want you to do is if you have back pain, just move your back a little bit. If you have shoulder pain, move it a little bit. Amen. If you have neck pain, move that neck a little bit. I like that, sister. Amen. Move your neck a little bit. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. If your knee hurt, just do that. Why are you doing that? Father, thank you in the name of Jesus that you touch your people right now. And God, as they put their faith into action, because your word speaks of, of that. We speak as they put their faith into action in the name of Jesus that they get better. In the mighty name of Jesus. We're going to have you sit down in just a few seconds here. But I want you one more time. Just bend your back. Move your arm, your shoulder. Check your eye. If you have eyesight issues, just look through those eyes. And if you have hearing issues, you know, listen through that. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. You may be seated. You may be seated. Let me, let me ask, how many of you, at least you felt the power of God on you here this morning? I see those hands. I knew you did. Amen. And when we prayed for healing, how many of you just felt the healing coming to you? The healing power. Now, what if you didn't feel? That's okay. Some people feel it. Some people don't. The fact is, it's still real. Amen. So, how many of you feel bitter your, your issue is better than it was before we prayed. Put your hand up. Oh, praise God. I see hands all over. Praise the Lord. Now, let's pray one more time. Those who had their hands raised, would you put them up one more time? Okay, look at who's got their hands up. And now, let's pray for them. Lord, we pray for complete healing. Lord, thank you that they're better than they were. I ask for total, complete healing. In the name of Jesus. Let the power of God touch him and heal him in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Man, you've been my big amen here today. Amen. Uh, what did you, how, how do you feel? What happened? Oh, well, I had to take a trip in the ambulance on Tuesday night to the hospital. I had pains in my chest, but they did a lot of testing for me and nothing proved out but I'm 84 years old I've been through cancer twice I have a lot of aches and pains but so this morning when we prayed when we prayed did you feel better yes. how, how do you feel better how do you how can you say that you I feel can always feel better because I talk to Jesus all the time and he keeps me feeling better married 66 years brother we're gonna get you a medal that is awesome that is awesome brother 60 let's give God a praise that's awesome I just did 28 years this month. Amen. Of marriage. That's all right. We just got started. Amen. Praise the Lord, brother. How do, how do you feel better? By the way, I loved your worship on the piano today. How do you feel better? What was it? Uh, it was my back. And uh, I'd been having problems with it. And uh, we were on vacation. We went bowling. And I uh, probably shouldn't have done that. Uh, <laughs> And it just, uh, I've been waking up with it really sore, and it, uh, it feels better. I felt it. Praise God. Well, that is wonderful. How much percent would you say is it better than before we prayed? Maybe 50, 60. Praise God. Well, it's going to get better. It's going to get better. I did a, a five-day, two-hour exercise challenge on myself about three weeks ago. I'm still recovering. <laughs> Amen. Two hours a day. I mean... For five days. Huh? What did it, excuse me? Oh, man. I can't tell you. It's like 30 of them. It's dumbbells and all kinds of stuff. And I'm still recovering. Praise God. 
That way, when I that way when I when I get uh, 57 and I do bowling, I won't pull the muscle. <laughs> Who else got touched? Let me see. I'll tell you afterwards, brother. I did a lot of stuff. Who else was feels better? Yes, my friend. Yeah. Um, last summer, I crushed my thumb, and um, it's constant pain. And when I bend it, it's still painful, but right. Usually, if I just, it's just, I get pain in it. Uh, very often, it feels a lot better. Feels a lot better, percentage-wise. What's that? Percentage-wise, how much better? I don't know, maybe 10%. But I feel pain right now as it's sitting straight. If I bend it, if it's painful. But if normally it would be painful. Can I pray for it? Yeah. Lord, I thank you for this thumb today. In the name of Jesus, Lord, we speak healing over this thumb. We declare in the mighty name of Jesus that the power of God flows into this thumb and heals him completely. In Jesus' name. Amen. We receive it. I'm going to hear that testimony. Who else had their hand that you were better? I saw somebody else. Who else had their hand up that you felt better? Was it you? All right. Yes. What did the Lord do for you? shoulder due to uh, cervical spondylosis and slip discs and when we were praying there was like a warmth and a heat that went through there. A warmth and a heat? Yes, and it, I can move it pretty good. <laughs> so. How's it feel? Yeah. Feels great. Do you have any pain right now? A little, but not not to the extremity, the extremes that it was. Would you say like 80% better? Or? 60 days, yeah. 60 to 80. Amen. Well, Lord, finish the work, Lord. Finish it in Jesus' name. Amen. One more person before we move on. Praise God. Sorry, and I see that hand there. Okay. No. Um, so the crystals in my, inside my ear float out, and it causes vertigo. And I, I've been good, and I've, I was believing it was... They're going to dissolve, but um, so yesterday they floated out when I was getting in or out of bed, and he was going to have to do a manipulation to set them right, and I hate it because it makes you throw up. It's terrible. Uh, but I, I was holding my ear, and I said, Lord, just you know, put them where they belong and get rid of them for, for good. But um, I love to bow down to him, and I can't when I have vertigo. It's good. It's good now? Praise the Lord. Well, bow down a little bit then. And that's good. Hallelujah. Lord, thank you for this. We pray, Lord, that you finish the work that you started. In Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Okay. Praise God. Well, I, I, before I close, I just want to, I'm so glad to see my, my dear brother in the back there. Remember last night I preached about the brother that had never fallen under the power of God. And then at Dalmava I prayed and he went down. I mean the whole earth shook. <laughs> he went down. Was it real, brother? Was it real? Tell us what the Lord did. I, I, I know I'm saying hypothetically. Of course we know it's real. But he told me it's real. David Tucker, yeah, 
Love you too. Heidi, would you come pray for us before I give over to this handsome young man in the front? Amen. Pray for us and just bless them. And Amen. Let's all stand. Thank you for coming today. I know that we all received something from the Lord, hopefully. Amen. We, when the Bible says, those that hunger and thirst after righteousness, we shall be filled, right? So that's what the house of God is for, that we come and be filled every week. So we thank God for Pastor Tim, and we bless him. And thank you, Lord, for this whole church. Lord, we just pray that you will send um, revival to this area, Lord. We pray for the hungry hearts out there that don't know where to go. Lord, that they will find their way to this church, Lord, where there's such freedom to worship you, Lord, and a freedom to be set free by the power of God and the love of God. Thank you for what you've done in our lives. Everyone here today, Lord, we've experienced your power and your love in our life. And we pray that you will just reach our community for the love of Jesus, Lord, that those people that need you, we pray that you will send them to us or us to them. And, Lord, they will be divinely set aside for such a time as this, Lord, that you will save them and let them um, be on fire for you for this generation. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.